Hello, welcome to the Marlis Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry. I'm the other co-host, Matthew. And today we're doing a pretty big one, I would say. We're doing the Eternals. Well, I think it's Eternals. There's no the just Eternals, just Eternals. Um, uh, review uh, because I think it's going to be maybe controversial because it's a different. It's different from the usual MCU, and we've got mm-hmm. like a a different opinion, I guess. Um, but yeah, before that, just want to let you know that we do have an Instagram account at Marvelous on Podcast where we have our reviews during the week, usually on a Wednesday and Friday, um, and a podcast that usually comes out on a Monday. Um, right now, we're not really going through like a series of movies or anything like that, we're just doing random reviews. I think this week, though, we are going to have a Eternal sort of week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can get my editing software sorted out, then yeah, we're doing, we're doing Eternals week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're having probably a review on Wednesday, I think, and then Friday we're going to do a little fun kind of uh, ranking of the the main Eternals cast um, mm-hmm. of favourites to least favourites um, but yeah and then we have a Twitter account at Cinema Marvelous where it's pretty much the same thing over there but just on you know on Twitter uh, reviews really usually on Wednesday and Friday and podcast usually on Monday um, but yeah uh, feel free to contact us contact us or like or follow or share uh, very much appreciated um, but yeah do you want to I guess we want to get in with your well. How well? Actually, before we get into your thoughts, we want to get into what you think is why why you think it's so controversial <laughs> as a movie. Uh, it, it's, it's one of these things that genuinely baffles me. Mm-hmm. I when critics like take apart a particular film, a new release, or whatever, and mm-hmm. I watch it, I can genuinely see why they wouldn't like it. I can see what they mean. I can see the thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when certain things happen, I can see. Oh yeah, I can see why they wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. For me, this was a case of uh, one of the few times, even one of the first times, where I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, I I get why it's maybe not be everyone's taste, but I don't get. I don't I don't see where forty percent or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes has come from. Mm-hmm. I'll check right now. I think it's went. Maybe higher? I don't know. Is it higher again? Uh, I'll check. Um, oh. So at the moment, it's at, I think it's at uh, 48%. Okay. Um, but the, to be fair, the audience score is 81%. Okay. Um, which, you know, I think the audience score can be a bit iffy because you don't know who is really reviewing it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. No idea. It could be someone that's not even seen the film yet. So, um, could be one of them pesky review bombs. Yeah, but you know, it's we've seen, we've definitely seen. I think you know, I think there's a lot of films out there that are lower and less like that I love. So I wasn't really that scared going in, but um, it was definitely a different experience walking to the cinema this time. Because um, mm. I mean, would you say that usually with you, even if you didn't love an MCU movie, that walking in, you didn't really have the fear that you're going to hate it. <laughs> No, no, yeah. I, I've, I've, there's always a confidence, mm-hmm. I think, with going in thinking, at the very least, this is going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And to have that sort of in doubt a little bit mm-hmm. um, for this one, was, it was a bit unusual. Um, but then, then again, it's sort of, do you trust yourself? Because obviously, looking at the trailers, we, 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 we like what we saw. So yes. do you trust yourself? 
mm. and trust that you know you've got a good judgment <laughs> and yeah. that what you've heard coming out of this film because before we'd heard all about the about the bollywood sequence mm-hmm. and all sort of stuff like that and that made us really excited so it's it's a case of does the excitement get balanced out by what the, the professionals have said <laughs> um and yeah i i genuinely i don't quite understand because in my mind i would have expected it to be the other way around i'd have expected the critics go on on tomatoes for example to be in the 80s and the 90s and then have the audience score be in the 40s uh, yeah i thought it was going to be the same thing as well yeah uh, i thought it'd be kind of like a last jedi situation um mm-hmm. but you know here we are um yeah. <laughs> and critics have decided that they're as keen on it um i personally this is a big reveal i personally really liked it mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was fresh it was new definitely something very different to what we've had from the mcu in the past in that it just felt very sort of not not necessarily disconnected because it obviously still had its ties to that to, to the universe but it didn't feel like it was struggling under 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 its connections mm-hmm. um and like in the past with a lot of a lot of films like shang chi even like like the, the shows we've seen it felt like we were kind of expecting to see people we've seen before mm-hmm. yeah um and i think this film was kind of freed from that in that you didn't expect anybody you know to turn up and you were okay with that yeah definitely well, at least that's that that's the way i felt about it Mm-hmm. And and it, it wasn't just its ties; it was sort of the formatting of it, but it was also like little things from the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Like you don't don't necessarily notice it straight away, but there are just little things that are different. Like it looks different is the simplest way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Like I I think that the framing is different, and the they use a lot more close ups and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the action is definitely very different. Like normally, you'd expect in these Marvel films to have a lot of quick cuts. In fact, it's infamous for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, it's quite, it's quite wide. Yeah. And you quite. see the action playing out. Um, I actually, it's maybe a bold statement, but I think I actually preferred the action in this to Shang Chi. Oh really? Okay. I think That's... I did. Um, this would which, be a hot take, definitely. <laughs> hot take. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely really liked it. And at the heart of that was definitely the fact that I really loved the characters. Mm, yeah. I think it did a phenomenal job of introducing, what, was it, was it 10 Eternals? Yeah, I think, yeah, 10, 10 main characters, really, yeah. Um, and it remarkably does that really well. They all feel balanced. I, I like them all. I feel like they all, they all definitely feel different. And I think the opening action sequence helps with that a lot yeah like, they're not just some of them have generic powers they all have very specific <laughs> specific skills and specific fighting styles mm-hmm. and that helped a lot but even like personally they all have very different personalities they all want very different things and i think that that's something that i don't think should be understated that's very difficult uh-huh. yeah and it's very rare to see that in a blockbuster Mm-hmm. You know, Avengers manages it, but you know they've had film. They've all had separate films beforehand, and there's only six of them. Yeah, there's definitely. To, yeah, like this is but definitely to inter- introduce ten brand new characters. Yeah, 
and to handle it that well. Mm-hmm. Top stuff. It's, it's very unusual for Marvel to kind of just go, we're going to give you this and we hope you like it because there's, there's been, there has been set up for it, but it's not been like the other sort of usual stuff that we used to um, mm-hmm. in terms of like set up. Um, yeah, I kind of, I think this is going to be like quite a positive episode really because I think mm-hmm. I did really quite like it. Um, I struggle to say that I loved it or mm-hmm. I completely disagree with all the critics or whatever. I just, but I definitely, I don't see why it's so controversial, I guess. Um, I can see why it might be a bit like middling for some audiences, but I don't see why everyone thinks it's maybe quite like an actually bad film. Um, I think, I think from like, like you said before, I think in the opening sequence, I think from that point onwards, I kind of settled in for something very different. And I really like that as someone who's kind of wanted something very different for quite a while now. Um, it was just really nice to have that feeling of I will be getting that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it doesn't just because it's different doesn't mean it's going to be good or better. It, it just means it's going to be different. And I think for me, it did for the most part, it did work quite well. Um, and I think similar to you. And I think I've realized this as I've been away from the movie, like I haven't watched it again. I think I've just slowly realized that I did kind of love the characters because I keep on thinking about them <laughs> um, and how much I liked different aspects of them and how much I thought they were interesting um, and I think it's odd because I think we're so used to Marvel having these really important setups for future films and all that sort of thing that when a character finally comes it's more like the relief of a character being there and that's kind of how, how you get attached to them um, like they're finally here after all that setup um, I think in this case it's just sort of they gave you 10 different characters who are all quite varied and different but all connected and they kind of just from the opening sequence literally just plop them into the movie <laughs> and, and kind of just uh, we hope you like them and I really did and I think again Marvel is always good at this but I think the casting in this film is incredible um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's one miscast or a bit iffy kind of cast member here. I think they're all so well cast, really. Um, mm. And I think, I think for the most part, what I really enjoyed about this movie was how much he was willing to just kind of be quite slow, um, mm-hmm. which is unusual for Marvel. I think, I, I think honestly, my main issue with MCU movies, especially the origin movies, um, and I think I said this in in my um, uh, strong Chi review. Um, so I kind of wanted to spend more time in the first act before we went to crazy dragon world sort of stuff. Um, and this movie, for the most part, just settles into that first act sort of feeling, um, which can sometimes be a bit of a fault. It can sometimes feel a bit like it's just kind of stumbling around. <laughs> um, but I do quite enjoy just breathing with the characters and just let seeing what their lives are like, um, mm-hmm. seeing how each individual member interacts with each other individual member. Because um, I think more than even some of the superhero teams that we have got, I can actually imagine what it would be like for each character to interact with each character, mm-hmm. um, which is something that Marvel do try to do. But I think this is probably their more successful kind of, I understand literally everyone <laughs> sort of thing, um, which is, again, like a small kind of miracle, I think. And yeah, I totally agree. That I think the action is, for the most, most part, really great. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if I prefer Shang-Chi's action or not, but I definitely think these two kind of stand out as 
the best action in the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. I think it does lead, does lead to an issue, though, where I think the main downfall of this film is the villains. Um, yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, I as much as I enjoyed the action sequences, by the time we got halfway through and they're still fighting essentially the same sort of animal thing um, seen in the trailers, um, it's just kind of like, I would really like to see people fight something different um, and do something different in, in a different area than just kind of a squiggly line monster on a desert sort of thing. Um, did you ever see um, Tomorrow War? I did, actually, yeah. When I was it, yeah. The aliens in that remind me a lot of the demons. <laughs> yeah, the eucalypt like, quite similar, yeah. When, like, the, there's the bit with the, when they go into the cave and the, the, the main ones that mutate for the first time and all these tentacles are flailing about. Yeah. Weirdly, I thought, oh, that's like the aliens in that really, really bang average film that I remember <laughs> vaguely watching. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those films that I put on just for the sake of just, like, put something on in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... It, it was all right, it was fine. Anyway. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the deviants are perhaps a main disadvantage, and they do kind of feel like a placeholder until the main villain does come along. Yeah, I think... Which, I guess, spoilers? Yeah. Do you want to do Spoiler spoilers territory now? now? Yeah, spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, yeah, I think once again, spoilers. I think once the film reveals its kind of actual villain with Icarus, mm-hmm. um, I think that that really kind of gained momentum for me in the film, and I was really interested in that. Um, I also found the twist. I guess it's a twist, but it's sort of expected. Um, I kind mm-hmm. of really enjoyed the idea that the Celestials weren't actually just there to be like good like you know observant gods and they were actually like creating these other celestials and destroying millions to make other millions if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed that twist, twist as well um and i felt like the movie I, I feel like it felt more concentrated by the time it got to that twist at the end of icarus um and it felt more I felt like I'd actually buy into a conflict here and not just the characters that I ended up loving. I wanted to see them in an actual conflict and that felt like an actual conflict for the first time in the film, really. Um, but do you, did you feel like quite similar to me where it finally felt like you had a villain in the movie? Mm. Yeah, it definitely felt like that was, I can, when that was revealed, it felt like a moment where you, you know, you're you really going to kick on from this point. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's really well handled. Like The way they set him up as like this... Like, the Superman joke, as it were, yeah. actually really works well in terms of, yeah, we, we, we've built this guy up to be a Superman-like figure. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're going to whip that whip that rug from under your feet. Yeah. And turns yeah, out, think... oh, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely not a good person. Yeah. Um... And, and in, in sort of like territory where, sort of especially recently, we've had a lot of evil Superman ripoffs, or not, not ripoffs. That's that's the meaning to, the, to them because they are very popular, like Omni Man and Homelander. Yeah, they are they're very, very good characters, and they subvert the Superman expectation very well. Uh-huh. But we are now, especially, and there was the um, Brightburn. Is that, <clears throat> name, is that name of the film. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, where you have a lot of this subversion on 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 Superman and the fact that people seem to. To find that very interesting at the moment, mm-hmm. and it 
this to me it didn't feel like it was encroaching on that I think they handled it well to, to the to the degree of it's not just a Superman goes evil kind of story. It felt greater, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it felt more like I understand why he's why he's done this. Yeah, I think I think they make it very clear from the get go that this guy's Superman, but to the point where he believes in his purpose of being there to the point where he can't let it change. Like mm-hmm. he sees himself as Superman, even though he wants it. He does see himself as that character, um, and he just won't. When it turns out his whole purpose is kind of a lie, I I totally believe that he just wouldn't change. Um, mm. I, it's kind of like Captain America gone wrong, where his beliefs are, where his beliefs are so solid and he won't move. But those beliefs are kind of not actually good beliefs, <laughs> um, in this sense. And I think I found him. I kind of found him in the opening scenes and opening moments kind of cold and kind of a bit um, dehumanizing from the rest of the cast. Cause I thought everyone yeah. else brought such like warmth and like anger, for example, and real like varied emotions. I always thought he played it quite straight and just very kind of I'm the hero hero. And I think I was kind of worried about that. And then as the movie slowly got on and you're seeing him be the only character to kind of abide by this really weird beliefs that he's been given by the Celestials um, and then eventually the villain. I really, really love that a lot. Um, I do think kind of a fault though of that is that I think the chemistry between uh, Cersei and him are, is, it's good. I, but I, I think when you compare that chemistry to uh, Cersei and I forget the character's name, but, but yeah, but you know, I, him, her and Dane, their chemistry is so good, like mm, some of the yeah. best in any superhero film from the get-go, <laughs> that once you leave him behind and go to Icarus, I'm just like, there's no way that this is comparable. Like, <laughs> you've not hit that guy 5,000 years, the sewer, I get it, there's a lot of history there, but Dane and uh, Cersei, they're like one of my favourite like couples in this entire cinematic universe now, yeah. like they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was a bit surprised that He's in the movie so little, even though I get that he's probably going to come back for a much bigger thing. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about? Well, actually, how do you feel about the the romantic aspect of this film? And um, so yeah, I I'm very much the same as you. It kind of felt like it felt fine enough. It felt mm-hmm. kind of awkward, but I think <laughs> awkward in in the, like intended to be awkward kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part, because they aren't actually together. And one thing I really enjoyed is that they didn't just go for the oh he's back and now they're back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really grateful they didn't do that and they didn't sort of pose the fact that Cersei's going to leave Dane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that they are still together by the end, which is good. Kit Harrington deserves a world. He he kills it in this movie. <laughs> he does. He's just he's just bouncing off the walls. He's just bouncing off other characters. He's, he's doing great. And it's such a shame that I think I think he did too good of a job because I just miss him throughout the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a bit weird, but he made such a good character then to have him be sort of a stay at home character mm. kind of felt a bit iffy to me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I guess we will we will see him more. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, and there, there were there were sort of, the, sort of other relationships in in the film. 
Like I, I, I loved the sort of the the dynamic between Makari and Druig. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I felt that sort of obviously sort of the the, sort of the romantic dynamic between Cersei and Icarus was kind of gone for most of the finale until it came back at the end. Mm-hmm. And I felt like sort of the relationship between Makari and Druig really actually helped in that final battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it difficult to explain. Like it really it added like a, a different dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that Cersei was right to stay with Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yes, I I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy for them. I'm happy for yeah. them. Ha- Even yeah, if I... Dane does see get see his girlfriend get ripped away by a giant fucking space thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that scene in particular was one of those scenes where I was like, the visuals of this movie and the way it portrays scale mm-hmm. is really impressive um yeah how do you because i think for me one of the main kind of kind of blown away moments was just the every time we saw the celestials mm. just like amazingly scaled and proportioned and i just yeah i just love the way they were used in the film um did you enjoy that too <laughs> yeah i did I, I felt they were just they had they had like they felt like gods <laughs> yeah. Like very rarely do you like see a, a depiction of God and it feel like yeah, that feels right. This one did. Yeah, definitely. You, you could you could definitely see why these people <laughs> follow his every word. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think I quite I think it reminded me a lot of um the second um Fantastic Four film. And I just I felt I just thought to myself that we came a long way from Galactus, but it's actually a space cloud. Like I just thought that for a second. I was like, God, we came a long way since then, you know. Now we've got like a hierarchy of celestials and eternals and deviants, and maybe above the celestials, we've got like a judgment council sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, I just love the fact that we're this. In some, I might have my issues with some of like the MCU kind of, I guess you call it homogeneity sort of thing. I do enjoy that we're at the point now where it's just like. People will accept this now. Like we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, we don't have to hide anything. We we can go for it. Yeah, definitely. I love that. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. Um, not gonna lie though. When the celestial appeared at the end, there was a tiny part of my mind which thought that looks a bit like Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day, um, you know. One again. day, eventually. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, so, what did you? Is this is difficult to know where to go next. <laughs> did you have a favourite character? Let's go for that. Um, I think I forget because I did do a ranking recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget which one was my favourite, and I think it was kind of the obvious main character was Cersei. Um, mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed having the, the kind of you know the centre point of an entire big blockbuster film be about someone who just really cares about humanity <laughs> um and actually is a part of it and actually loves it and i think there are some elements to i just love the way her powers are used as well like i love that her powers aren't really destructive um like for the most part across the board in superhero films in general we kind of every superhero power is made destructive in some sort of way it's always a way to fight someone um and so you definitely at some point gains the ability to do that at, um, near the end of the film. Um, 
But I think I just love the idea of a main character whose powers is to protect people by changing a bus into petals <laughs> or, you know, water into ice and all that sort of thing. I really enjoyed that. And I think it suits that character extremely well. And I just, I think her emotional journey could be, could be made a bit more clear. Um, but at the same time, I did really enjoy the fact that she, she just was the main character for the most part. Um, and I think I just really enjoy that. But I do think a flaw of the movie actually comes from this, where I think, and it kind of reminds me of the the Snyder Cut sort of thing. <laughs> I promise there's a good link here, but I think Man of Steel and BVS are so like, just like macro level stories that include so many characters and so many relationships between humans and gods and all these sort of things. And I think, you know, the entire cast is mostly human, human people dealing with these really weird things and their reaction to it. And I think I was always kind of let down a bit by the Snyder Cut, where it kind of ignores the human relationships for the most part, I would say. It kind of yeah. focuses more on superheroes being superheroes and them teaming up and defeating a alien thing. And I think I think it's a very good film for me. I really enjoyed it, but I was kind of let down by the fact that they never really answered some of the big, you know, thematic questions about humans kind of and how they relate to these people on now that they exist mm-hmm. and I kind of got the same feeling in this film that it started off in the first half quite well with integrating real human beings to all these massive conflicts and protecting them and all that, all that stuff and I just think as the film went on and we get to the big finale on a on, on the top of the world probably I think it is <laughs> um it feels like it's like that um when you get to the big finale and it's just kind of on a desert and there's no one about and it's kind of we don't really see many actual people um i kind of felt let down by the fact that a film that was so in love with human beings and so in love with our history and a main character who was so kind and caring for for entirely literally all of humanity uh for the finale to kind of kind of do this very generic vague we're saving the world but we're not you know there's the world and there's actually you know the set piece that we're doing right now sort of thing if that makes sense um i kind of let down by that i wanted there to be more human beings involved or at least around the destruction that was happening near the end of the film um to kind of really hit that home um mm. i just felt like there was elements like a big bigger element missing that would have made it feel a bit more real in terms of the conflict um yeah yeah, it's that sort of time to what we said about Dane, kind of. The fact that mm-hmm. he does just disappear and comes back right at the end. And yeah, I agree with you. There is that gap in a way. Yeah. Like it's that kind of, well, they're doing this for humans. Don't actually see any, any humans. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the, the, the report, the, um, I, I, I don't know what you call him, the Kingo's man. <laughs> yeah, do, do they call him a valet? You think so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, other than him lingering about our cameras, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he didn't really have that. That that. Mm-hmm. Um, but think... something else, something else. Go on. And I, I just think it's interesting that he was. I like I like that character being around so much, to a certain extent, and I think. The only reason I do, I would say that I liked it overall was because of the way he said goodbye to them. 
mm. um, which I thought was definitely going to be some sort of big, you know, MCU joke. And then the fact yeah. that he's just very emotionally being like, thank you for all you've done. I'm going to miss you. Goodbye. And he's actually about to cry. Like, that's mm-hmm. really good. And I like the way they handled that because I think it could have easily been he's the comedic sidekick character. Keep him the entire way through comedic. And which I think for me kind of relates back to an issue I had with uh, Shang-Chi with uh, the Mandarin, like the Ben Kingsley Mandarin, mm-hmm. where it very much the same sort of problem of very fun for one scene, uh, maybe two scenes. Why are you part of the plot now? And why are you always around for this one, essentially one joke of he's got he's got a camera? That was like his main joke was he's got one joke, and I think for me the only reason I kind of didn't really hate it or anything like that was because of the ending of him saying goodbye. Compared to mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley's Mother Manager and kind of I think he just pretends to be dead. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like he pretends to be dead. As it is, this big joke, and I'm like, why were you here for this then? Because. It's just distracting. It feels like a really corporate mandated element of the film's a bit subdued for Marvel. Like it is very subdued and it is very, mm-hmm. I would say for the most part, quite not dour, but not, you know, happy day MCU sort of vibes. <laughs> um, but, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was very much, we got to put something in that's outside of it to make everyone relate to someone. And it was this guy. And I think, uh, I just didn't know how to feel about him until the goodbye, and I felt like it was at least earned for that one moment, because I, I genuinely think that's one of my favorite moments in the film, because um, I just thought it was just really well handled. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, how did, well actually, I guess that's a good question. How do you feel about the comedy of this film? I think it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the comedy in Marvel films is a sticking point for a lot of people, Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, this kind of excuse my opinion, but it's never really been that much of a problem for me. Like, I see why it's a problem for other people, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it's never been something that I've been totally against. Mm-hmm. But I think this film, it reduces it, but it doesn't get rid of it. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it, it just uses it more where there are clearly scenes that are meant to be jokey scenes and happier scenes and then the scenes that are meant to be dramatic remain dramatic there's nothing there's very rarely any comedy to undercut that mm-hmm. and i think it, it really helps the film i think it works yeah um one example is at the end you have like a generally an upbeat scene where they're just all chilling in the house mm-hmm. yeah fast fastos gets uh, gets annoyed at Thena because she's like throwing blades around his son mm-hmm. and <laughs> And and there's a great shot of three of them on on, on like a couch and they're all eating, like all scoffing the faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like uh, which was really fun. And and again, sort of maybe maybe the, the other main scene would be where they have a meal at Gilgamesh's house mm-hmm. in the desert thing where they're talking about saliva beer. And <laughs> and one of them puts Gilgamesh like a baby outfit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that regardless of what you think of the comedy, I think I do agree that it is better to have those scenes like that, which are genuinely happier, mm-hmm. and have that be the comedy rather than the comedy running throughout. Yeah. Like that 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 final battle, I am right. very grateful that it didn't include quipping left, round, centre. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. That like there is there there is one part which you can really could consider a, a, dro- a joke where. Drury comes out of nowhere and hits Sprite. Mm-hmm. 
which is 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 but even that it's not really played for comedic effect and i think generally the final battle is better for that mm-hmm. there yeah. isn't that scene of ben kingsley pretending to be dead <laughs> yeah. which kind of takes the pace out of it and i think it was better for that uh-huh. yeah um, what, what did you generally think of the comedy uh i think i was definitely i was less kind of distracted by it than i usually am um mm-hmm. For me, it is quite a distracting thing, I think. Um, mm. I just think there are some films where it just doesn't fit and they've been forced to put it in there. Um, mm. I think for me, like, I think it works quite well in an Avengers film or in a Guardians film or, uh, you know, a Taika Waititi, you know, a Taika Waititi film as well. And I think I think it works well there. But I just think there are certain films where the tone, the tone and the way that the story moves is a bit different than the actual usual mcu formula and i think i think for example dr strange sticks out for me yeah. and i think i think this film as well just to stick out for me in the sense that this film doesn't have that you know that avengers sort of tone and structure and i think when you try to implement that sort of tone and structure into a film that very much does not have that tone and structure i think the jokes can really stick out as like you don't fit here. I guess you're, I guess, you're, you know, I might laugh at some of the jokes, but I just think I can't help but feel in the back of my mind like someone in an office going, the movie's too, like, gloomy. Put some jokes. And I just can't unsee that. And I think, I think for the most part, they are, for the most part, well, like, well handled. Um, I honestly don't see, you know, I just don't see the, um, I just don't see why some of the jokes have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, just take them out because it's kind of <laughs> some some of the jokes are just like entire scenes of this jokes where I'm just like, why, why are you here? I don't don't know why you're here aside from just someone who's not really interested in the film for going in can walk out. Well, well, that part was funny, and that part was funny, and I'm like, well, don't don't cater to that. I think, and I think that's kind of a I don't know, it's sort of being like, it worked well through people that write like that, like, I'm sorry to mention them, but I guess, yes, Whedon and, you know, John Favreau and all those kind of people, and Taika Waititi and James Gunn, it works with them because their natural writing style includes that. But I just think here and, and like Doctor Strange and some elements mm-hmm. that are, some films that are like that, I just don't see the point in having it here. Um it, but I have to admit, uh, it just wasn't as bad as usual here, I think, for me. I think I, when Enjok appeared, it didn't feel a bit like a bit too much that it usually does for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I never know how to feel about Marvel and comedy because I just don't know. I don't know if I'm just not, because comedy is, is so subjective. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think just the Marvel brand of humor where it's something really dramatic that gets cut off by something really funny. Mm-hmm. I think I've either, I think I've either got so used to it that's no longer funny to me, or I just just not my humour isn't is that type of humour. Maybe. <laughs> um, I just, oh yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah, I just never. Yeah, it's a weird one, but I think this film is definitely one of the lesser afflicted by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yes before me, but I didn't ask you. Uh, what is your favourite character out of this whole ensemble? Um, I think, I think it. It's, I think it's generally difficult to pick. Um, mm-hmm. The only character that I'd say I probably didn't like would be Sprite. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but even, even given that, I, I acknowledge that she has a, a pretty good arc. Yeah. And that, that final scene is, is pretty emotional. I think they handle that very well. Mm-hmm. It's just up until that point, she's not particularly engaging for me. She's probably the only character where I went, you know, the, when there was a scene with her, I was kind of like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. Like f- almost all of the others, I look forward, look, looked forward to seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also speaks to the part, partly the structure in that a lot of films where you have this big ensemble, it kind of rushes to get from one character to the next. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely loved the fact that they just took it at its own pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you know characters like Fastos and Makari are coming, mm-hmm. but there isn't that rush to get them in straight away. Yeah. And there was all that confidence in, yeah, we're introducing them later, but we still have confidence in our ability to make them well fleshed out enough. Yeah. Um, and... Because of that, you know, it's very difficult for me to pick, I think, because there are so many of them that I enjoyed. I, particularly, I think, if I had to... There's probably four in my mind that I particularly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be Fastos, Druig, Makari, and Thena. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that I liked Thena because I'm not the biggest fan of Angelina Jolie. Oh, really? Okay. But I think she did a fantastic job. It's very weird at first seeing her in a Marvel film. It is, isn't it? <laughs> she's like she, she's she's part of that group of. You don't really need to be here. Yeah, you don't. You've got enough money, right? <laughs> it's like it's like someone like George Clooney, for example, as well. Mm-hmm. Just an actor that you just don't expect to see in a Marvel film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I enjoyed the character. I like what they did with her. Very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you read the comic, that probably wouldn't be unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so the other three you have you have Fastos who whose arc I loved. I think you know there's a lot in there. The fact that he lost faith in humanity, but now all of a sudden he's got a family and he's thinking differently about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's, he's he's willing to 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 go up against the Icarus because you know he's found that family. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, <coughs> I loved Druig. I didn't expect to. Yeah. Going in, I actually expected him to be the villain. Me too. I thought he was definitely going to be the villain. And like, especially when they arrive at that cult compound thing. Yeah. And I think the way they frame it in the trailer is like people that are shooting the guns that he's controlling are shooting at the Eternals. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, so I think in my mind he was definitely a last minute or like a midpoint villain or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he uh one of my favourites. Yeah. 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 yeah, I... I, I really really enjoyed him and I think because he's sort of the first one he, well he is, he's the first one that leaves the Eternals mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that generally is just handled so well, that is a brilliant scene that might be my favourite scene from the film mm-hmm. that scene where he just gets pissed off and leaves mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's a testament to a, a pretty great performance as well yeah, he's great I think how do you feel about his uh, Irish accent? I loved it me too. Cause I it was, was like, great to have the accent. Because <laughs> when he started speaking, I was like, I don't know if that's going to play well in an action movie. And it really did. Because <laughs> I was so surprised. Yeah. Like, he he definitely kind of felt like the, not necessarily the moral centre, but he definitely felt like a, like a philosophical centre mm. to the film. Yeah, definitely. Like, you knew, because it also, it also helped with like, the robe he wore. 
whenever he like glided into a scene, it was like, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be a pearl of wisdom. Yeah, I love the way he stands. Yeah, um, definitely. It's really, it's like a really subtle thing. It's always in the background, but he's got like this weird kind of—I don't know how to call it, like a, like kind of a priest, like the way a priest might stand. Mm, yeah, and it's um just really cool and really kind of it fits that character to be that sort of kind of I don't know confident in himself mm. to have that sort of stance. Um, um, even yeah. though, even though like relative to everyone else's powers. He can't really, you know, shoot a laser, laser beam or anything like that. But yeah, like, like, that... He, like he even says in the finale that he can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. He, he just like says it. to Cersei, yeah, nah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just really cool for the character. And I think, yeah, he stood out as kind of, whenever he made a big choice about humanity, it felt like everyone kind of, the movie kind of followed his direction, mm-hmm. what the film was saying, I guess. And I think that kind of helped make him stand out as well. Um yeah, I love this character. Um, yeah, I really loved his um, very kind of subtle, almost kind of a background thing with uh, Makari, is it? Mc- yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. So did I, I love that. That might be one of my favourite aspects of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just that, yeah, it was just sort of subtle, but it really sweet. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and Makari as a whole, she's also one of my favourites. I'm slightly predisposed to like that character because... Uh, Lauren Ridloff's character on The Walking Dead is also one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, her action is probably the one of the best of the film, I think. Like, I think they so really too. do the speed, the speedster thing justice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think. I think we're kind of. I think we've all kind of got used to now. I think it was kind of surprising at first, especially in. Um, I want to say it was Days of Future Past, where it was the first time we got to see like slow motion speedster stuff. Um, mm-hmm. on film and I think it kind of became the main way of doing it and I think it I think I think I always enjoy it but I quite quite enjoy the fact that we just saw her move fast at her speed um, and it wasn't just slow motioned so we could see it in like high detail it was like if she ran if she ran fast we just couldn't see it <laughs> um, and I really really enjoyed the and it's just a very subtle kind of small thing but I really enjoyed the idea that uh, I think Fastos tells her to tells her to search for where the emergence is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she literally runs around the world and we kind of just follow <laughs> her. And yeah. I was like, "That's cool." I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, that happened really where uh, someone's powers get used as they would probably get used. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like usefully, not just like in a fight sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as well, just to round off. I, th- I thought she gave a really great performance, and obviously, being being deaf, yeah, deaf even. Sorry, um, yeah. it sort of you you'd think it would sort of limit what she can do, but I think she's pretty phenomenal. I love her like a something I always say that there's certain actors that can do it really well, mm-hmm. but her face acting is got to be that's up there. Yeah, definitely. Like the way she uses her eyes, I'm sorry, it's a tiny detail, but I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, th- those those would probably be the four that, that I pick. Not that I dislike any of the others, I still think they're all they're all pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but for those four, those four are it for me. I was surprised that um, Airjack got so not little to do, but I guess this wasn't. A part of the main action. I always thought she was going to be a part of the whole thing, really. So did I. Like, especially like seeing her again. This is probably the fault of the trailers. 
But um, seeing a, a, a diet sort of towards the start, and in my mind, I was sat there. Doesn't she talk about the snap? <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's a scene in the trailer where she talks to uh, to Icarus about the snap. So it was kind yeah. of like, so she's not she's not properly dead. Yeah, there's some there's either a flashback or she comes back. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So she pulls a Nick Fury. Yeah, I think the moment that I kind of felt that something was up with Icarus was mm-hmm. when they find her body, and he immediately says it was a deviant. And I was like, oh, that, was, yeah. that was quick. That was a quick answer to that. <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, I... It didn't really trigger me that he was going to turn out to be the bad guy until the reveal was actually made. Mm-hmm. Because there's sort of like a conversation beforehand um, where I think it's with Kingo. Um, he says that they don't understand him or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. It's something It's something that happens. And I, at, at that moment when that happened, I sort of... My heart didn't sink, but it sort of went down a little bit. And I thought, oh, they're just going to do it. The fact that he can't believe in himself. <laughs> and yeah. then literally the next scene is that. And I was like, yes, we're back. <laughs> we are back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think with Icarus, I found him compelling once it was made clear what he was. Um, exactly. Once that happens, it's kind of, it, it turns it on its head and it makes it, not just his character more interesting, but it just makes the whole group dynamic so much more interesting. Yeah. And I think it was also interesting that it wasn't just him, it was also Sprite that, for reasons that did make sense, but like she also was a part of his sort of corner um, mm-hmm. at the end. I quite enjoyed also, that too. Yeah. How did you think about the fact that Kingo just, just pisses off? This is a good point, because I... <laughs> Because when it happens, it's kind of like, oh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna turn up in the end. There you were. Yeah. He's going to come out doing his weird gun sign things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to come and save the day. No, next time we see him, he's packing a taxi. Yeah, I I think because there's so many characters in this movie and they're all kind of new and you all get to, you get to know them in this film. I think when he says goodbye and I kind of had the, I think, you know, the kind of ingrained mindset of he'll come back at the very end to save someone's life. <laughs> Um, and I think by the time I didn't really realize he was gone that much. I think did I, I forgot about him. Yeah, and, but I think it was like when Cersei was like doing her stop the celestial with her power sort of thing, and it was actually working, and it seemed like we're coming to an end. And I was like, is it is everyone here? And I was like, I don't think I don't think you know. You kind of want like kind of one of the loudest aspects of this film is that this one character. And his, he's definitely the comedic presence and definitely a big part of the film. I was like, I haven't heard a quip in a long time. And he's <laughs> a quip guy. And I was like, oh, he, he actually isn't here. Like, he's, he's, he's just not here. And then Icarus dies by flying to the sun, which I found quite funny. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Like, it's a bit on the nose, lads. <laughs> yeah. I I was like, oh, he's actually, he's actually going to just give up and just kind of punish, punish himself by probably killing himself. And I was like, that's that's pretty... I like that idea. And then I realised how I was going to do it. I was like, oh, no, okay. <laughs> it's like two minds. Do, do, do you think it's sort of too on the nose and really... really uh, or, or is it like kind of thing where it's actually quite ironic because obviously in the story, Icarus flew too close to the sun out of arrogance. Yeah. Yeah, here uh, he is doing it intentionally. I think... I think he knows that he's doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Like, I think he knows that he's doing the cliché. Mm. But I don't know if it, that makes it good. <laughs> mm. didn't, it, didn't someone say earlier in the film that, that one, of the, one of the characters made that story up about him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a... To be fair, it didn't hit me out of me or anything. It was just like a small kind of giggle from me that I got. <laughs> well, yeah, we're doing this already. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I just didn't, I didn't notice, I just didn't notice to like the very, very last moment. And then he shows up packing the taxi. And I was like, so he just didn't do anything then. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how I feel about that because I just feel like it's, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of I admire it on one hand for being a bit subversive. And I like the idea that a character made a you know made a point of his beliefs and said I won't get involved and actually didn't, which mm-hmm. is very unusual. And I kind of respect it. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel a bit let down that like it wasn't doing something <laughs> at the end. Um, it's just a big part of the movie as well. Like it, once he arrives, the film feels more like an MCU movie. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely kicks into gear where the audience starts laughing a bit more, <laughs> which is what you're used to with Marvel, I guess, and mm-hmm. the big audience experience. Um, and I feel like him not being there was just a. I couldn't tell if it was a mistake or not for a little bit. <laughs> Like, I couldn't honestly tell if something happened in the edit room and someone forgot about his character. Um, but I think it's just a genuine choice, and I kind of I kind of enjoy the fact that that choice was made, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, like it's a weird common... kind of respect it, I think. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, how do you feel about that? I, I, again, it was very much for me where I completely forgot about him. And then he yeah. turns up at the end, and I was like, oh my god, he was a character. <laughs> he just wasn't there. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like I'm in two minds of it was kind of disappointing that he didn't show up, but at the same time, kind of like yeah, he respected his values, but also they just completely avoided that trope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of like a yeah, fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like that trope has been around since Star Wars. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. Han Solo is the original one. Yeah. And yeah, I just feel like it's, it's just an interesting choice that I just don't know what to think about this year. Mm. I think I'm just, I keep on, because I keep on like hearing things and like people are definitely either angry about it or impressed by it or a bit mixed about it. And I think I'm definitely just mixed about it because I just don't know how they feel about it. Because <laughs> um, it feels like it's portraying some sort of screenwriting in principle, but it's not really. It's just sort of like, I don't know. It's different, I guess, and it's yeah, it's really unusual. Um, yeah, it's just like a case of yeah, he he just chooses to not be involved. Yeah, I think this leads into the fact that this is a quite unusual film for Marvel. Hmm. Um, and I think I don't know if this this is true for you, but I think I said to you earlier over text that, and I think this is probably the kind of the hottest thing I have, the hottest thing I have this year, <laughs> maybe. But it's definitely my favorite MCU movie of this year. Mm-hmm. Um. I wasn't a fan of Shang-Chi that much. I liked Black Widow, but I didn't love it. I kind of felt like it slowly kind of eroded, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I feel like this film, at the very least, I would keep on... I kept on thinking about it for quite a while. <laughs> um, and I think it's got... It just feels different. It feels like a Chloe Zhao movie. Um and I, I loved uh, Nomadland, 
And I think it's interesting seeing that style be put on top of a Marvel film. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it always works, but I do think it's often quite like beautiful and different. And mm -hmm. I just love the idea of this. This is a, this is a Marvel film where for the most part, characters kind of stare at each other in slow motion. <laughs> uh, and I really also enjoy, it's a very small point, but I just also really enjoy the fact that there's so much importance placed on touch in this film. Mm -hmm. Like the way that people like either hold hands or whatever or pass on an object to someone else. Like I really love the idea of like how much that's really like concentrated on in the filmmaking. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's certain aspects to it. I'm like, that's just really cool stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it's not perfect. And I think it's definitely at odds with itself because of the Marvel formula. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, I, do, would, would you agree that it's maybe your favourite of this year as well? I, I think I agree. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm probably the same as you in that out of the three films so mm -hmm. far, because obviously we still have one left. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that that's a, that's a whole can of beans on its own. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, tune in next week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'd I'd say Eternals won, then Black Widow, then Shang Chi, mm -hmm. or Shang Chi. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely it just I just love the uniqueness of it. I think i hope we get more from it i i don't want i don't wouldn't want the mcu to be completely films like this yeah um because you know it's very much an independent thing and i think the mcu does well when it when it connects to a bigger storyline mm -hmm. but i think it just it's about balance yeah i think if we have maybe one or two films like this maybe even given how many films are in phase four Maybe three films like this per phase now. Mm -hmm. Just a handful, just the odd one. Yeah. <laughs> where it just feels dis more disconnected and feels like its own own thing. Mm -hmm. I would love that. And it's had a very good opening weekend at the box office. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is generally what studios listen to. And the audience scores are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope Marvel aren't put off by the critics because... I would hate for them to sort of abandon visions like this. Yeah, I think that's what's kind of worried me most about the reception. Mm. I think, in general, I don't... I, I do, but I tend to largely ignore the reception to a film and kind of see what I think about it. Mm -hmm. But I think in this case, it just worries me that um, Kevin Feige or, or whoever is you know producing or whatever in, in control of these films and making the big money choices is aware that they took a, a bit of a risk here and it didn't mm -hmm. pay off in terms of people overwhelmingly loving every film they've ever made like they usually kind of do <laughs> um and i think that's kind of i just really hope they don't take the wrong lesson from that um, i i personally I, I personally don't think they would because i know kevin feige was bigging it up a lot before it came out yeah he was, he was. very excited about it and i don't think i think the fact that they have had a good box office opening and there's been good audience scores. I don't think they'll be put off, or at least I'd like to think they won't be. Yeah. Like you and said, I... in terms of enjoying a film on its own in myself, mm -hmm. I do not give a shit about audience ratings. <laughs> it's just when it comes to the bigger picture of what will the next few be, that it perhaps does matter what other people think. Yeah. 
yeah, I think, yeah, it's a bit of a worrying thing. But I think, in terms of reassuring myself on this, I always think back to the five Transformers films that we got, <laughs> where <laughs> every film was reviewed terribly, but they made a lot of money. So <laughs> Keep them. making them. Yeah, so they didn't really change anything. And I think if that's the true thing, if that's going to be the whole truth of this film, where it makes a lot of money, and even in this case, it's better than Transformers because we have, you know, I think there's quite a big fan base for this film already, um, mm-hmm. and quite clearly uh, an audience reaction to it that's a bit more positive. I kind of hope they just don't go, uh, we're not going to do that anymore at all. Um, and I hope, I don't know if you, I, I got the sense from this film that Eternals 2 wasn't really going to be that much of a thing. I don't know. I didn't get a sequel sense from this film. Did you know? I thought. From I got the film like itself, a, maybe not, but I think from I think the post credits definitely set one up. Yeah, but I think in my mind I took that as like get ready for the other films to deal with this. If that makes sense. Maybe like so. Maybe so. I could see there maybe being a few Disney Plus shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think if the thing the thing is if there is an Eternals two. It's difficult to know where it's going to focus on because you have these this group of ten characters, mm-hmm. um, and the f- the film very much focuses on them coming together. Yeah, and what sequels tend to like to do is they ca- they like to sort of split the characters up. At least the good sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if that <laughs> happens, you then have two groups of this this group of ten then split into two groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which makes it difficult. <laughs> Very difficult, yeah. If it's maybe like a group of four that gets split off into into twos, Mm -hmm. then you can do it. But if you have two different groups of five, poor (laughs) Dane Dane Whitman doing whatever he's doing, (laughs) it could become very scattered. Um, I can see maybe there being either a show or a film focused on the group that meet, again, spoilers, the group that meet Harry Styles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> um what a fun title that would be the group that meets harry style <laughs> <laughs> um the group that get captured and the group that meet harry styles i know it's a group i'd rather be in the group that get captured yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking i'm joking um what do, what do you think about harry styles being in the mcu amazing i love it <laughs> <laughs> Like, unfortunately, I did get spoiled on this because I think mm. one of the critics or whatever came out and just said it for some reason. Um, and I think, yeah, I would have loved to experience this in the cinema, just having no idea. Mm. Um, but I do think everyone around me had no idea because there's a very big reaction. Um, like, literally, as the scene was happening, I couldn't properly hear the scene because everyone was going, is that fucking Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yes, it is. Um, like, as well, the weird thing is that they introduced him as the brother of Thanos. And if I was Thanos, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point, yeah. So isn't there, like, I think in the comics, at least, there's, like, a, the idea is that Thanos is, like, a, like a, I don't know, like, he's got something wrong with him. He's got a, a deviant gene, do they call it? I think, I think so. Like, he's actually, like, there's a reason, there's a reason he's purple and no one else on his planet is, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure if the movie version was that, or it was just like what his planet looked like. I yeah, never really got told that. Um, but yeah, I think it's 
Yeah, that is quite funny, that, that thing about Harry Styles is your brother and you are Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not great. That's not ideal. <laughs> but yeah, so I can see them that their sequel maybe focusing on that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As they um, maybe search for the others. Because um, yeah. I think, was there... Is there speculation that one of the unannounced films is a, an Eternal sequel? Uh, maybe. Just a lot of speculation. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I suppose while we're on the topic of post-credit scenes, um, who do you think the voice is? <laughs> well, it got confirmed, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it did. Chloe Zhao said. Well, so, I was gonna say I was right from the get-go because in my mind it was Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Same. I thought I thought first. That's like, yeah. Give me Blade. Um, it, although, there was a moment where I was like, maybe it's Nick Fury, but I was like, why would it be him? And I felt. I just think the idea of this character getting this like a Furian sword thing, and he's—I th- I remember hearing a while ago that he's, he's going to be the Black Man or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think all those kind of elements connoted to me the Blade character, and then mm-hmm. I heard the voice and I was like, "That's definitely Blade." So I think that's why I knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I. The weird, the weird thing is, it happened in the cinema, and the voice happened, and this guy in the row behind me started shouting. Oh, it's Blade. It's Blade. Um, <laughs> and I, I had the same reaction of, I thought it's Blade, but I hope it's not because I hope you're wrong. <laughs> just, a, just a shut up for one second. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of dicks with me in that, in that screen. A lot of yeah. people around me were, were, were real dickheads. Really? One guy kept talking. The guy literally sat next to me on my left, kept on talking all the way through that final scene. You know the one with Dame Whitman and, and Cersei on the, on the hill? Yeah. I was like, like, shut the fuck up. Or at least I would have said that if he didn't like, he didn't like, you know, shaved head in a ponytail. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he was going to stab me with a needle or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, Blade. Probably Blade. Probably Blade, yeah. Um, How do you feel like Blade turning up in Moon Knight? Ah, yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. I just like the idea of the Moonlight show in general. I think that's one of my most excited things, like in terms of Marvel, that's coming up. I think. Um, Same. I'm very hyped for that. Yeah. So much so, I'm considering reading the comic or reading a comic of Moon Knight. Ooh. Okay. I know. I'm getting more into it. I, cause <laughs> I, I've, I've read pitifully few comics, mm, and I'm me starting too. to read yeah. more. Like yeah. I've, I, I'm, I'm looking to read. There's three that I'm looking to read. Like once, once, once this semester of uni is over, mm-hmm. I'm looking to read some. Yeah. <laughs> I think I always feel a bit like a fake like a fake fan whenever someone, <laughs> like whenever someone asks me about Marvel I'm like oh so what comics and I'm like I don't really know <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm like I guess you know The Dark Knight Returns <laughs> <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that one that no one knows about <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah, yeah, I've, I've been similar it's weird in that I've I've become fairly knowledgeable about what happens in the comics without actually having read them. Me too. Yeah, like I know the I know every event in like I don't know like Spider Man, uh, Brand New Day, for example. Yeah. Um, that that comic, but no, I don't think ever in my life I've ever. Is that the one with Mephisto? Yeah, it's the one that's yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's the one that's like kind of the new film coming out because it's just Mephisto, but instead it's Doctor Strange. But is it? Could be Mephisto. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just think I know a lot about every story without actually reading it. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit weird, but yeah. <laughs> I I have a this is really random. I have a really weird, like, vague recollection of there being a comic somewhere where Wasp gets eaten, eaten by a blob. I yeah, I've seen this. I think like, it's apparently how... it's a really gory death. Yeah, and I think it's from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Because I think that's because I remember hearing this as well. Because I, I do watch a video every once in a while about just why a comic book went wrong or why they're not doing this comic book anymore. Yeah. And the Ultimates are really weird because they're meant to be like an update thing, and it kind of worked until it really didn't. I think, mm-hmm. and I think we don't really go back to the Ultimate Universe very often. And I think literally the last time I don't know if it's still true, but th- the time of the video that I watched, um, literally the last time you see the Ultimate version of that character. It is that it is that page <laughs> of her being eaten alive by the blob, and it's like not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is is the ultimate universe the one where Reed Richards like twelve? Yeah, they're, they're all like younger, I think, in that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's giving think... me too too much PTSD to fan <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I think there were some successful things about the ultimate universe, but I think. I think Spider-Man was definitely the most successful ultimate character. Yeah. Um, Do people hate the X-Men from that, that universe as well? Or something? Maybe. The ultimate X-Men people people seem to hate? I think it might be that. I think I think the ultimate X-Men were trying to be like the movie's X-Men because it was 2000. I think yeah. that might be why. Um, I know that people hate the Iron Man version. Do they? Yeah, because it's very... I remember hearing about it, and I was like, that is so different and so <laughs> odd. And it's like it's like a kid genius sort of thing, and I think it's like not him in the suit, maybe. I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but it's very odd and a weird choice. <laughs> um, a very weird design as well for the Iron Man suit that I don't like. Um, I think I've seen that. Yeah, I don't love it. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're not... Uh, yeah, I just feel bad about not knowing much about comics. <laughs> same, same here. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I'm going to say something very important. It was, it was vital. Um, I think it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was, I was looking through comics to see um, what maybe I should read. Where should I start? Mm-hmm. And I came across Marvel Zombies. Mm, yeah. And I looked at who wrote it, and it was written by Robert Kirkman, who was the same guy that wrote the Walking Dead comics. And I thought, really? <laughs> you went you... <laughs> you went for that one. <laughs> you just, just went went for went for the walking days. Went straight there. <laughs> um but you know, if he's good at it, then do it. Because he is a very accomplished comic book writer. There's only there's only two actually three comic book writers I am actually vaguely familiar with. Mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman, Jonathan Hickman, and the guy I can't remember his name, the guy that wrote um Watchmen. Oh Alan Moore. That's the one. I think. The guy that hates comics. Yeah, the guy who hates every movie based on his comics as well. Yeah. Oh, and Neil Gaiman. I know Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. I I know a few as well. I guess, like, Brian Michael Bendis, maybe. Um, that, that, I recognise the name Bendis. Not yeah, Michael. Bendis, yeah. Uh, I can't, Todd McFarlane, the guy that's Spawn. Oh, guy. Spawn. Yeah, yeah. Spawn. Oh, of yeah. course, and Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird. I kind of forget that he's a comic book writer. I just think of him as the cameo man. Yeah. Jack Kirby and, you know, all Kirby. them too. Steve the Ditko. Um, yes, that's, that's the other. I couldn't really tell you, like, the not not the not famous ones. I couldn't tell you any of the ones. Mm. 
Yeah. We've gone quite a tangent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> well, to bring it all back, I guess, I think Neil Gaiman did, like, a very popular run on the Eternals, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the one that this film is based on, I think. Yeah, I think it, the Eternals were quite, like, out there and nobody really loved them until Neil Gaiman did, like, a reboot sort of thing, maybe. Might be wrong, but I think so. That sounds about right. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, uh, ooh, I don't know. I I guess yeah. Overall, my overall kind of opinion is just I think it's I think it's actually very good. I would say, mm-hmm. and I think it's and not perfect, and I think it's a bit off-putting even sometimes. I think the structure of interweaving these flashbacks with current events, which and even the current events aren't very accident or anything like that. It's very much just going around the planet trying to find mm. someone in, in different forests um, and it's not I, I wouldn't say go into this film expecting your usual MCU experience mm-hmm. um, it's definitely trying to communicate more with how it looks and what it's saying with its characters rather than just having a, you know the standard kind of hero's journey with some good action and some some quips and stuff like that that I think we kind of got with Shang Chi earlier. Um, yeah. It's it's different. It's not it's not like radically different. It has got a third act, you know. It's not like it's not missing entire beats or something like that. It's, it is quite you know leading to a big finale where they've got to save the world from a big threat. Um, I would just say that the way we get to that is just very different and very. It's kind of a bit like. Batman Begins meets Man of Steel with like the flashbacks mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah, I yeah I think have an open mind um, and kind of try to see what the film's trying to do. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, that's a shame. Um, I hope they you know I hope No Way Home is much better. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think it's got its flaws. I think the villain stands out for me is very very bland for the most part and just. I think one of the biggest issues with Marvel's kind of mid-tier, lower-tier films is the villains, usually. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I think if this one had a great villain from the get-go, it think, I think it could have been, like, a number, like, top three MCU film for me. Uh, but yeah. I think just because of the villains being squiggly animals that kind of just pop up every once in a while until the very end we get an actual villain, I think it kind of loses the film some momentum to it. And, mm-hmm. yeah... Yeah, I think it is it's flawed. It's not perfect, but I think I respect it, and I definitely like it a lot. And I think it's, without a doubt, my favourite MCU film of this year for me. Um, but yeah, do you want to add anything else as well? Mm, yeah, I'm very similar. I think it was, you know, it's a bit messy in its structure, um, but I think it makes up for a lot of that in the fact that it, it feels confident. It's difficult. It's a weird way to describe a film, but it feels confident in that. Mm-hmm. And then it's taking it time, so it kind of just rides out any any structure problems mm-hmm. um, or problems with the pacing because you're just sort of in with the flow and they're introducing these characters at their own pace, which it's very refreshing. Yeah. Um. It's yeah, and I I did thoroughly enjoy it. I really liked it. Same with you. Not quite sure if I'm at that love level yet. I think I could be in time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the more I think about it, the more as well as more more of the characters grow in the MCU because I'm sure we'll see them again mm-hmm. um, but a lot of sort of the reason I like this film is underpinned by the fact that 
they handle so many characters brilliantly. Yeah. Um, um, and they, they all feel real. They all feel very diverse and unique and just, just very likable. And that's, that's <laughs> what underpins it. A, a very lovable set of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it also helps. It's, it's pretty stunning visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one that I, I hope we see a few more of these in the MCU. I think it's all about balance and I don't think you can overload the MCU with, with these films or films uh-huh. like this. But I certainly would like to see more of them. I hope we do. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I round um, it off. Yeah, kind of a, maybe a surprisingly positive one. I don't know, I don't know yeah. what people are expecting from us, from this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I hope, unless you've got any other things to say, I think it's, you know, I think... I think we're done because I think we've mm-hmm. summed it all up quite well there. Um, we have. We're and I hope ahead. we haven't. I hope we haven't lost respect for not really knowing much about comics. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's fair enough if you feel that way. Um, we wanted to learn. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try some out. I've definitely sure. read some, just not mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this week. Um, let us know what your opinion is on Eternals uh, in the comments below or you know, any way you can. Direct message as well over Instagram um, or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd remind you again, we've got an Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast. Uh, reviews during the week, usually Wednesday and Wednesday and Friday, uh, and the podcast usually on Monday. This Friday, though, a bit special, we have like a ranking of our mm-hmm. favourite Eternal characters because, you know, Eternals, big thing. Everyone's, it's on everyone's mind at the moment, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Might as well, you know, hit the algorithm, <laughs> get it, you know, get popular and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, and that Twitter as well, same thing over there, really, just uh, at Cinema Marvelous. Feel free to like our posts, share them, uh, listen over and over again, <laughs> uh, review or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.